Hello, Acapella Radio. Welcome to another exciting episode of Talkapella. It's the podcast for the acapella community where we examine the culture as well as the ins and outs of vocal music, along with the people who are working to shape it. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Alexander. Joining me, as always, is... Alicia Edwards. Alicia, how are you doing today? Okay, real talk. I had a COVID scare. Uh oh. No. Yeah, I, I got sent home from work on Tuesday. So I work in the HR department for a county government, and we were talking about like the like guidelines for when is it appropriate to send somebody home. And as our director was explaining this stuff to us, I thought, oh no, I might need to go home <laughs> because my husband and I had a game night with some friends on Friday last week, and we were definitely within six feet for more than fifteen minutes. And nice. I like it. Safety. Then the friend yeah. got sick and the wife texted me and was like, he's sick. He's going to go get tested for COVID. And I was like, okay, well, I think I'm fine to go to work as long as his test doesn't come back positive and I feel fine. So, and I have my own office, so people stay six feet away from me. And then I went and asked and the director was like, yeah, no, you need to go home. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I was about said, to say, no way they're allowing you to if stay If his there. test comes back positive, you're staying home for two weeks. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, because I hate working from home. So, so, so what were the test results? Oh, they were negative. So I went back to work the okay. following day. So it was oh, fine. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay. Whew, How prices are you? Averted. <laughs> I'm doing well. I have nothing going on as crazy <laughs> as that in my life. So I can't complain. You know, I Weekends could go on and on about crazy, but that's not what this show is about. Yeah. Yeah. We, we try and limit the crazy as much as possible for our listeners out there. But, Speak uh, for yourself. I was about to say, besides Alicia's, you know, events in her life, you know, what can you do about that? Oh, we right? have a really cool group today. We have. You're right. We have an amazing group of people joining us today i'm like super excited i've been following their music for a long time been watching them perform and i'm just like man we got to get them on the show i'm so glad that they like responded to my emails here and just like (laughs) hey yeah we'll come on the show because that doesn't always happen so that is great Joining us today, our guests are described as a five-person professional singing group that transforms familiar tunes with new vocal and beatbox arrangements. We have members of Backtrack Vocals. We have Mallory Moser. We have Melissa Giordano and Mike Hinkle. How's everyone doing today? We are great. Hey, Thanks hey. for having us. <laughs> doing good. I love when we have multiple guests because everybody's just like, uh, who's going first? What's going on here? Right. I'm like, who's taking charge? We, everyone kind of pauses. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, me. Right, right. I Man, love it. Yeah. How are you guys doing? There's so much going on in the world, but in your individual lives, is everything going well? Is everybody doing doing well? How's all that going? Yeah, we're staying, we're staying healthy and safe. We're all kind of in different parts of the Northeast right now, mostly New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. So all all good around here. <laughs> so I was under the impression that a lot of you guys, or I thought that the whole group was just like straight, like in New York City or New York. Where's everyone located at? So typically that is the case. We, you know, we're based in and around New York City, with the exception being, of course, Melissa, our Jersey girl over across the river. But quarantine has really kind of spaced us out. You know, people first off need space from New York City and it's, other options were explored, I think. Oh, nice. Awesome. Well, let's let's kind of jump right into it now that we learned a little bit about you all. Let's learn even more. So I understand that from your website, you all got your start on YouTube where you have over 10 million views and over 100,000 subscribers. Can you tell our listeners more about how this whole crazy project got started and how you all came together? Sure. So this whole crazy project started in 2013. None of the original members are actually left in Backtrack. So the founding 
Yes. Oh, oh fact. Wow. <laughs> so the original member, uh, Andrew John Kim, started the group after graduating from Northwestern just as a way to work on his production skills and to keep singing with friends. So they decided to put out monthly videos. And as the years went on, the group's goals kind of changed. And as acapella grew as an industry and, you know, there were more opportunities for professional groups, we kind of made the commitment around 2017, I would say, to pursue this full time and really go for it. So although we started on YouTube, we now perform live, but we still do post on our channel regularly. It was pretty regular up until covid but um yeah we we're still we're still working <laughs> Thanks, on some right. COVID. Our channel though wow okay so i heard that you said that andrew was from northwest university is that how mallory is that did you meet him andrew at the yes oh, yes okay. you've done your homework <laughs> uh, I try. Yeah, we, <laughs> so andrew and i yeah andrew and i were both at northwestern we overlapped a couple of years we were both in the acapella community we were in different groups he actually likes to hold it over my head that I did not pref his group over the one that I ended up what? choosing. So the acapella, you know, drama is 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 real. Is real yeah. and <laughs> definitely it, it was like it's like Greek life, you know, you audition and then mm -hmm. you get called back and then the ones you get called back for you, you know, you list based on where you want to be and then if it lines up. Check it out and so, pitch perfect. Uh, they were a newer group. That's that's <laughs> yeah, really exactly. funny because that is not how they work at at the school that I went to. Oh, yeah. really? How did it work? You there? pick the group and you audition for it one by one. Oh, yeah. wow. So you, you kind of have to commit to the one that you Well, and you can for audition first. for multiple, at least this is how they did it when I was in school, which is, we won't, we won't say when that was. You pick the group and if you're interested in auditioning for it, you do, but you're only auditioning at that point for that one group. If you're interested in multiple, you'll go to separate auditions. And if you're offered a spot in multiple groups at that point, you'll pick which one you want to be in. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's at Northwestern. It, it's like the first thing that that I did. Well, I'm sure that happened. All. I'm sure the acapella community there is probably bigger than where I went to school. So there were a lot of groups. Yeah. I think there were. Yeah, there were at least. I mean, I think I probably double digits in okay. terms of the amount. Yeah, I was gonna say okay. JHU has and I auditioned for. Oh, sorry, I'm thinking the wrong school. Sorry, continue. No, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's some, you know, all female, all male, right. you know, and then and then some that have more of a religious component. Oh, okay. But yeah, Andrew's group was fairly new at the time. I think he actually was part of starting that one. So anyway, but 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 we never really overlapped in terms of just like socially we we had a lot of mutual friends but we weren't really at a lot of you know things together so we reconnected kind of moving to new york when i when i moved to new york he reached out to me when they needed a replacement for the original soprano who was also a northwestern grad part of even a different group and she just couldn't commit the time anymore and so i came in and at the time we weren't even considering performing live so it was it was really more about you know can you record you know, can, can you be on an acapella recording and, and give us the sound that we want? And I did a little, you know, trial recording and then they offered me the the spot and here I still am awesome. six years later. That's so. awesome. So <laughs> yeah. Clearly you're doing something right here. This is awesome. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> okay. So um, Mallory, you've been in the group quite a while since or earlier on. What, what about uh, Melissa and Mike? When did you all join the group? I can tell you when Melissa joined because I read it online. I not to be creepy or anything. That's just the one thing that sticks out in my mind. Yeah, twenty fifteen, right? So next to Mallory. Yeah. Sorry, sorry Mike, Mike, I got nothing. <laughs> sorry. So after Mallory, I was the next current member to join the group. So that was yes, the fall of twenty fifteen. I joined 
because I met Andrew through another acapella group in New York City. So I graduated. I was working in insurance, not singing for a year after I left college. And then after that first year was up, I thought, this is not fun. I need to be singing again. I need to be making music. Like (laughs) just the grind is too much without having that outlet. So I auditioned for a couple groups in New York City, eventually ended up in a group called The Workshop. They're still around. They're awesome. And through there, I met Andrew. And then when the baritone was leaving Backtrack, I was invited to audition. So yes, Melissa the baritone. Melissa Hello. the baritone. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Wait. So the okay. group what? has always been five members, but the configuration has changed. So it began two oh, female, okay. three okay. male. But yeah. I'm yeah. following you so, now. Uh, yeah, okay. our SATB. Okay. Yeah, it kind of worked out because when we were all male and me for a while, okay. our tenor, Austin, had to kind of jump up to more of an alto mm. voice and so to when, kind of bridge when that gap brett left right when brett left right melissa you replaced him and, and austin could kind of jump down to more t- so that's it, it worked out <laughs> for the best yes okay and so and then mike how about yourself because no, no one knows out of me and alicia when you <laughs> it's a mystery so, please enlighten. again you're gonna have to watch that's revealed in pitch perfect six no but anyway so <laughs> so i joined the group three summers ago and it was you know an acapella connection a connection from college that got me kind of in the door Dara Orland who is actually of Iris with Andrew Kim I was working on a off-Broadway NYC Fringe Festival show that was acapella at the time and she had subbed a couple times with Melissa and Mallory I think for either one of their parts and you know knew that they were looking for a new tenor and told me to give it a look so that's it yeah when Mike joined we really were he was the first member that we really did a full-on audition oh, wow. process for because at that point, we really were ready to take that leap and, and try to do this full-time. And it was really important that we find somebody who was a fit because Jordan, who Mike replaced, was awesome, really, really strong member. But he and, – and he kind of was part of our first year of really giving this – this thing ago. <laughs> Melissa will remember very vividly some of those long car rides and sort of just trying to do this and do these showcases, getting in front of college agents, getting in front of just different booking. So is this, so, so you all yeah. do this all full time? Pre-pandemic. <laughs> Pre-COVID, yes. Okay. Yeah, this was full time. You know, now we're having to pivot a little right, bit, right. but it was really, you know, when Melissa joined and we were starting to perform live, that spring of 2016 was when we got our first set of agents okay uh, with so no more daytime job yeah yeah i mean melissa can tell her story i mean she took the biggest leap of of getting just like completely ending her her full-time job to or you know leaving her full-time job to do this but we yeah that was our first kind of introduction into what this could be like full-time with with signing with agents in the college market that was kind of our first year was was dipping our toe in that and then we started to plug into the performing arts center market all the while continuing to do any gig that came our way that we just managed ourselves private parties corporate stuff all that but when mike joined we were really like the calendar was stacked. Okay, we had a lot, kind of twenty seventeen to eighteen, and we yeah, threw I him joined into the and fire. immediately <laughs> had sure. to quit my job. Like two months later, was wow. like final notice. Wow. You will see me later. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> or, or they, they won't. Yep. Well, actually, unless plug, they came to, because like, it's a lovely perform. restaurant that Backtrack often frequents, Westville. <laughs> oh, very cool. Okay, that's awesome. So, I mean, we can't forget that we we are unfortunately missing 
one at least one other member of, from your group. Jojo Otsedu is your base, and he went to the Ohio State University. That's his back. That's his collegiate background. I, I you know, I, I got to throw that out there because I, I was born in Ohio, so I, I, I can appreciate that. And and my husband, well, my father-in-law is also from Ohio and very big Ohio State football fan. And so I, I knew I was marrying into the right family when I found out my husband was an Ohio State fan. And we, we've got to give a shout out to Jojo because in 2017, he won best base at ICCA at finals, which has only happened one oh, other yeah. time. The Avi Kaplan Award. And it, and it was with Avi from previously well when he was most people know him from his time on pentatonics and so that's that's a huge accomplishment and in my collegiate group i was the lady base so i appreciate good bases jojo holds it down yeah he's one of a kind yeah he is definitely an outstanding base not to use the words of the award but he truly is i'm like it seems like backtrack it just has like everything covered in terms of a well-rounded sound this is well and it's you've got stellar performers in each yeah thank you I'm like I'm just not to like at- toot your horns or anything, but yeah, wow, you all are very, Please, very good. Uh, Thank you so much. So- off, off the record, Brian, I'm super jealous. <laughs> oh, I can tell. <laughs> so, so I want to jump back to something Melissa said earlier. So earlier, Melissa was talking about you all transitioning from kind of being more and. Please correct me if I'm misstating any any of the way I'm saying this stuff. But you were kind of more of like a YouTube online group versus, you know, the switching now to a more live performance based group, which I find very interesting because in 2020, this is like the year of virtual performances for like every acapella group in the world. But I can't just I'm like, it's hard for me just to like ignore the fact that you guys were kind of doing a lot of this before other groups were like really, you know, top of it. So I'm curious, what are your thoughts on like so many groups? embracing the online performance and video aspect of performing as well as just making that switch to kind of doing this online thing to now being more in the live space the live scene well i think we all feel very lucky that we have the background in the virtual world i think we've all developed our skills so we actually do most of the videos on our own mal and mike are awesome video editors we got some fancy lenses (laughs) so a lot of the stuff we do on our own um and we also have access to youtube space which is a space in chelsea market that artists can go and use their equipment for free and rent cool spaces so we get to utilize that oh wow yeah yeah so sadly right it's there. closed right now yeah. but <laughs> whenever it's back snacks. open we hope Aww. to be back soon but that is very cool that's awesome that you have that resource there. yeah i think the most interesting thing is that you look at this zoom screen now right and that's what some of our videos used to look like but it was never that easy so this was a learning time for us too like the the, the talking heads videos you know that was a green screen learning process back in the day. Now we're in five different locations trying to figure out how we can do something that even kind of looks like that. So it's been a lot of learning and thank God for, you know, all of the kind of online classes that have popped up during this time. So what are you finding that's challenging about recording and all of these different spaces? Because obviously I feel like a lot of you have experience with that already, or you've probably done a lot of performance with different groups in the past. So you, you kind of have some experience in terms of operating now, but what are you seeing as, you know, something that might be unfamiliar territory to what you're doing now? listeners could see us right now we're all like in our living rooms with various forms of equipment so that's been the biggest thing honestly is like you know 
yelling my record light out like, hey, roommates, I'm about to start this thing. I'm going to need some silence for a little bit. That's, you know, of course, that's more of a social challenge. But the, the technological challenge has just been learning to do it. You know, we would go into a studio before and work with somebody who was truly an engineer. And I mean, hats off to everybody in this group, especially Melissa during this time has really learned how to like work with audio software in a way that we weren't really familiar with before. Yeah, I think also just um, to piggyback on Mike, I think not only just realizing, oh, wow, yeah, we we're used to all getting together and recording something together or filming something together. This is a mic that my sister had that we're sharing, you know, and I mean, I had not really had a lot of experience recording myself other than just sort of on voice memo, like, you know, let me just get something down or so really learning how to use I mean, I'm just doing GarageBand, but learning how to use like the loop feature when we record and like learning how to cut together my own just my own track to then send to be edited. It's it's something that you know, we really have to be self sufficient in that way. And I would say another big thing is as a video person, really making sure that everybody has the same kind of camera settings and and everyone's filming in a similar way. So that when it all comes together, it looks like we've all done it right. together, you know, even though it's even though we're in different places, of well, course, gives but you, we want it to look it gives cohesive. you a level of yeah. uniformity with your video, which I exactly. feel like is very important. Yeah. So we, we've been talking about the virtual side of things where you've had to learn how to hone some different skills. But we've also talked about your life performance the live performance aspect of of your group. So I, I noticed that you have a very large repertoire on your website of songs that you guys have done. And with that, there's a wide selection of the different genres that Backtrack has done. I'm curious, does this have any drawbacks to like when it comes? Let me say that again. I'm curious, does this have any drawbacks when it comes to finding the group sound? Yeah, that's a really good question. I do think something that we talk about a lot is just really honing in on on our brand, you know, and who we are. I think as we've already touched on, the group has gone through a lot of different iterations of people. And so every time we take a new person, the group dynamic changes a little bit. And I would say the group members actually doesn't always really affect the repertoire. It's more that what the gigs are okay, <laughs> kind of coming in. I mean, I think because we're in, we have our toe in so many different avenues, it's kind of like the Performing Arts Center market, they want a lot of oldies. The colleges, we can't be do we got to be doing some current stuff. When we go to schools, we we've got to make sure everything is G rated. So, so it makes you know, it so that not, you have a large market basically. Yeah, okay. I do think yes, it's it's more that we have a really large market and and we've decided to make ourselves versatile appealing to to all. I mean, I I think it's definitely a challenge, but I think it has also served us, like I said, the year that Mike joined, we were really busy because literally in the morning we were at a school and then at the evening we were at like a cocktail party and then the next day we were doing a corporate thing, you know? So it's like we could kind of, we we always have, we have enough in each genre that we can, we can cover it all, but it's certainly... I think has made it, it's made it challenging just to kind of be like, who are you other than like a really great, you know, tight five member acapella group, you know? Right. So if you had to like categorize or maybe even just go move on to the brand part of Backtrack, what would you say is the defining, defining feature of the group or what would you say this is our brand? How would you describe Backtrack to someone? Because like I said, like Alicia said, you guys cover so much and even you, you said you all are so flexible and adaptable that, you know, you can be at this one place and then switch gears and do this other type of genre. What would you say is, do you have a bread and butter when it comes to a specific style? That's a good question. <laughs> 
We definitely rely heavily on our rhythm section. As we have said, JoJo is an awesome bass. We've had really strong beatboxers in the group. And then the three of us, I mean, I'm going to say we're the best soloists out there. <laughs> the Druid is the best singer. So. <laughs> there it is. Own it. All right. Our brand is amazing. No, I'm, okay, I'm not mad at that. <laughs> um, I do think, though, that our brand is a little bit of sassy and kind of diva-ish as what I just did. I think we okay. like to have fun during... <laughs> I can tell I'm picking divas. it up a lot. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, there was there's a video I watched and there were shower curtains. Yeah, so that was our video filmed from remember. home. Yes, the funk medley. Okay, yeah, yeah. and oh, like yeah. I think it was Mike maybe had like a towel on your head and like a bathroom. We're very tongue in cheek. We do not take ourselves too seriously. I about died. It was so funny. It, well, and Mallory and Melissa, you were both there too. So it was the three of you. Yes. It was so, yes. so funny. It was a whole shower. It was a whole shower sequence. It was, no, I agree. I definitely think it's yeah. it's a combo of we love to have fun, but also deliver a really awesome, high quality, high level vocal performance, you know? So I think people just say we we have a lot of fun when we see you. We don't do a lot of like super moody, you know, kind of like acapella stuff. So yeah, I mean, I think that's why we're appealing to an elementary school and an adult party and, you know, a college, you know, homecoming event, you know, so I think that's kind of, we're high energy, I would say that even our ballads, you know, have have their like big moments, you know? Yeah, I was gonna say it's very wide appealing. I'm like, I think I was scrolling through all your videos. And I'm just like, most of them are tunes and tracks that most people are going to know and then when you watch them it's just like you can't miss the energy there's no way to like not be aware of it so it's it's all there and it's all wonderful on that note unfortunately we do have to take a quick commercial break but please don't go anywhere we've been speaking with members of backtrack we've been speaking with mallory melissa and mike and we're going to take a quick break and come right back on Tacapella. are you an aspiring sound engineer have we got a show for you the Headroom Podcast is a podcast for aspiring sound engineers in the contemporary acapella genre. Join Kyle Howard and Ricky Jabarin as they break down the different stages of audio production and chat with other producers about their techniques to achieving the best sound. You can find the Headroom Podcast on Acaville Radio Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Remember, Acaville is the place where you can find all the latest in acapella information. And Back welcome to acapella. Oh my gosh, that was so good. That was perfect. <laughs> perfect. We talked in the first segment about Backtrack's energy and how you bring that to your performance, whether it's an upbeat song versus a ballad. And one of the things that Brian and I noticed is that Backtrack doesn't just possess insane vocal chops, but you have a knack for creativity with your visuals. So, I mean, you've done really great things. You're just in a kitchen or a room within a house and the creativity that's there is just mind blowing. What's the source of your creativity and how can other groups tap into that for making art the way you guys do, no matter where you're performing. Okay, so I, what's fun, <laughs> I think, I about what you just you, yeah. brought up is two of my two favorite videos, right? And they were filmed in very different styles. So you mentioned just like dancing in your kitchen, right? That would You would find that in our funk medley, which was our quarantine video, our funk medley from home. That was really fun to do because it was just working with what we had, which I think is my tip. Your kitchen and utensils, so, and there's a, there's a broom exactly, in there too. Exactly, right? So we're just kind of um, <laughs> in that time... We took our stage choreography, which we normally do those funky little kind of okay. cheesy moves okay. to each other where we're pretending to strum <laughs> a guitar or beat a drum or something like that. And I was like, mm -hmm. you know what? It would be funny if everyone was just in their kitchen. And that entire video is filmed from home. And I think another video that you mentioned, like our Halloween one, we just 
used my apartment, which looks terrifying and spooky. It's a very old house in Brooklyn. He lives, he lives <laughs> live in a haunted, haunted house. house. And we just yeah. ran up and down the stairs and had fun the whole day just using what we had. That made it creative. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's exactly what I was going to say. And I would just echo that even when we were at the height of our full-timeness you know we're not made of money and if we can if we can right. you know get away with a, sh- a free shoot we're going to I mean another example would be when we went to LA we took a day and shot our Taylor Swift medley oh, nice. and we used a bunch of beaches and just outdoor spaces that you're were just maximizing just efficiency available exactly just maximizing what you what you have I my I have little cousins who are obsessed with us and <laughs> during quarantine they would watch our videos and my cousin their mom took a video of them talking and they're seven and ten and one of them was like do you think that they like flew out there to shoot this and then the other one's like i think that maybe they just were there already for a gig like they were trying to figure it out and it's like it's true it's like they right. we just were already there and we made it a part of you know we try right. to interweave our creation our content creation into what we're already doing and, That's it, awesome. and it tends to work out well that's such yeah. a genius idea i never even thought about because the fact that so many groups travel you know whether it be for competitions festivals things like that and you guys are talking about hey we just had a random day when we were already traveling let's shoot something and I, I can't think of one time any of my former groups I've ever thought to do that so right there that's like you know cheap easy and you know well Brian that's where we differ <laughs> well I, you know we can't be all as cool as you so <laughs> I'm sorry but I, I think that's such a great idea in turn and I'm, I'm curious what does like storyboarding look like for you guys because I know there are a lot of groups out there that are trying to they're they're watching all these other amazing videos and they're just thinking hey we got to come up with this crazy scene we got to come up with these this crazy theme to what we're doing but like that process in terms of sitting down and figuring out you know this is what's going to go on this video is that is that pretty fluid for you all is does it come pretty organically or is it someone is like taking the time to sit out and plan out every detail I think it varies. I mean, I can, little word of advice, it is always going to help. If you have a shot list, we've found out that even if we don't exactly know the full storyboarding of it, we know we want certain elements of the video to, you know, either tick certain boxes or be in certain locations. So to make sure that we have it at least all down on a piece of paper so that the editor later isn't banging their head against the wall saying, wow, we forgot, you know... The major part where do all of he this. pulls out the ring and proposes <laughs> and it's a proposal. So, you know, something like that. Just <laughs> ridiculous. Right. So so let me ask a question. So maybe I'll start here with Melissa. Melissa, what's been like one of your favorite videos mm, to shoot? Let's think. I'm trying to think of one that maybe you guys won't say. <laughs> I really did like Time Warp. That's the one Mike was talking about that we filmed in his creepy Ooh. apartment. Just because I love. Oh, OK. OK. <laughs> I haven't actually watched that one. So I'm oh, going to have to go do that one. when we're done. And it's you know, it's Halloween. I love Halloween. So we had some fun costumes right, to right. play characters, which I think we always enjoy doing and just have mm-hmm. fun with that. So that's that's one of my favorites for sure. Nice. I might go down the rabbit hole of like watching Yay. all of your videos. I would have watched more, but I couldn't figure out how to get back to them at some point. And I was also taking a break at work and I needed to get back to work. So now we all just kill time on YouTube. Come on. What about you, Mallory? What's been one of your favorite projects over the, the years you've been with the group? Oh, man. There's so many. It's hard to, <laughs> I it's know. Hard to keep track. I, I definitely think a a highlight for me was our Sorry Not Sorry video. Okay. I mean, selfishly, I kind of got to sort of be the star <laughs> of it in a way because it was, it was, was, right, it was right. you know, <laughs> Melissa said, we are divas. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but it, it, it was a fun, it was fun for me because we actually, this was when we actually did hire somebody. Okay. I have a good friend who... 
Actually, he he actually did it for free, but he's a big star now, so it's all right. I don't know if you know the sh- the show Yellowstone. But oh he's yeah, like a recurring yeah, I, character. He plays Jimmy on, on Yellowstone. I've had it recommended too, but I haven't watched it yet. So okay, I'm gonna t- check it I'm out. Write it's that been down. one of my quarantine watches. Mallory yeah. knows he's Jimmy. A, Mallory knows Jimmy on Yellowstone. <laughs> yeah, his name is Jeff, and he started a, like a web series comedy okay. channel, and I knew that he would be a great fit for helping us convey a really funny comedic video and so we storyboarded together and a little bit ahead of time and then in the you know it was just a really fun day where we kind of figured some things out in in the room and the rest of the group was you know really you know on board to do some silly stuff Mm -hmm. as well and and I got to edit it and I really enjoyed that process too because we did have a lot that I could work with yeah any kind of fun story driven thing I love just being in you know from more of an acting background so yeah wow that's awesome all right and let's round it up Mike what has been one of your favorites so my answer isn't a music video but it is actually our first major motion picture this was really cool oh yeah it's coming out so it'll be november i want to get this right november 8th at 7 p.m down on up tv which you can find either online or through i believe a comcast subscription don't quote me on that but again november 8th 7 p.m up tv it's a hallmark style christmas movie it's called a ring for christmas and the group is pretty featured in it and it was really exciting to like actually be on a major motion picture set we were with lorraine bracco of the sopranos it was really crazy it was fun yeah okay oh my goodness that's very cool all right so my question was it as magical as the the commercials make all those movies seem because it's just like (laughs) the most wonderful thing with all of that ladies i would say standing in the cold for hours (laughs) oh no (laughs) could not have been colder no (laughs) yeah oh no okay it definitely was cool to just see kind of truly how how many people, you know, it truly takes a village, like just how many lighting, sound, you know, director, AD. I mean, it was just like so many moving, you know, makeup, hair, all that stuff. It was cool to see that. And we were, you know, we were taking care of it. We were there for two days. And, you know, I do think we have yet to see the final cut, but we do think that we are going to have at least that's some awesome. moments. That is just a really cool, unique opportunity. And that's the perfect segue into this next question. You guys have had the privilege of appearing on NBC, Fox, PBS, and more, including your motion picture. Was this luck or was there more to it? And how have you been able to land opportunities like these that, I mean, many of us can only dream of? Yeah, I think a lot of people find us through our YouTube channel. So I think it's great that we have the content up there. That's how they found us for the Steve Harvey show. They were looking for an East Coast acapella group. So I guess doing a Google search, they came across our group, like the size and the sound. So they flew us out there. It was in promotion of Pitch Perfect 3. So that was a really cool experience. That oh. was luck that they found us, but also having having the content out there <laughs> that you know people can check out. Right, right. Yeah, I think it's kind of one of those things where you just grind and grind and grind and then something does just happen and it feels like luck, but it's because you've been doing the work to get there. You know, I, I think we got some of these other, you know, a little bit more notable opportunities because like Melissa said, our, our YouTube presence and sometimes a connect, you know, hey, I'm friends with this person or this person referred me, you know, I think that it's a lot of just those networking things that you can't really predict, but they're there. You mentioned that this is like a full-time gig. You're doing multiple events in a, a single day. So I'm just curious, you know, where does the preference come this more typical nine to five singing kind of thing or these kind of one-off projects? Which do you prefer? I mean, I think 
we like the variety for sure. It's it, I think it was it was a really fun time when when it was kind of go 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 and and we're doing a random thing in the morning and then a random thing at night. I do think we're not getting any younger. I think the three of us <laughs> are a little bit are. like yeah. you know we're sort of like I don't know that I need to get up at four to go sing at a school at seven and then you know I do think there's a little bit more like we're we're trying to back to the conversation about what's our brand. Mm-hmm. I do think we're trying to hone in more. Like let's really go after like these few things. I think we will always take a television appearance. <laughs> you know, we will always do those kinds of things and just kind of come come randomly. But I do think we would like to have a little bit more of like a, hey, this is like work. We're going on tour at this time and then we can be back and be with our, you know, significant others or, or do our own thing. That's kind of my take at this point. Okay, that makes sense. And and that's perfect because one of the things you, you brought up, you talked about doing like the school events. And that's something I know a lot of a lot of groups are interested in and some of them are doing pretty frequently, but you guys kind of like blow the whole thing out of the water because you like do like you've done over a hundred of them, which is insane to begin with. Um, just like, oh man, I'm amazed that you guys have done so much, but it just aligns with this whole effort of like fostering, you know, arts education in schools and things like that. And I'm, I'm curious, what's it like performing and mentoring with these young singers? Is it as fulfilling as I'm believing it to be? And It absolutely you know. is. We love working with <laughs> students. I mean, that's where we all got our start was in the classroom. So we like, you know, seeing the miniature versions of ourselves. It's really cool to meet such inspiring and talented kiddos. So that it's a really great aspect for us. What was the other part of the question? No, no, just like mentoring them, because I know that you also do clinics as well. And I I was looking on your website and you have this whole breakdown. I'm just I'm curious, how does like like if you're doing a a typical school event, how does that day run if you have like a clinic involved? And I'm also curious for the fact that with five people, does each person have a specific role when it comes to that day outside of just the forming aspect when you're teaching? How does all of that work? We teach a variety of clinics and each one of us kind of has one that we typically run. So Mallory will do group vocal improv. I do one on solo. Mike does one on stage presence slash choreography. We have a beatboxing workshop and then we have a fifth one that's arranging. So that's Jojo. But um, we all I mean, every day at a school is different. It's kind of working with the teacher, the administrators to say, hey, what is your schedule? So what could even work? Like what space are you working with? Because a lot of schools, you know, they may not have a large stage. So maybe, you know, workshopping with 100 students at once will be a little difficult. So a typical day usually involves some sort of concert multiple if it's like they want to break up the grades and then the clinics so we'll break those up to like 30 45 minutes do some rotating of the students through the clinics and then we also just do general workshop you know we'll have choirs sing whatever they're working on or we can provide an arrangement of ours that we'll send ahead of time for the students to learn and we workshop that so yeah a lot of different ways of doing it i think having the programs and having the flexibility is good just because every school is different but yeah are, are most of the schools that you do this for are they in new york they're all, all over mostly in like the tri-state area just so we can make them local trips okay. but then when we are traveling further you know we can we'll do our own outreach sometimes or our managers have been booking us outreach events at schools so a lot of the performing arts centers they'll have like in the morning or maybe the day before, they'll have community events and events at schools. Those are all over the country, which is really neat. So I have a very random question in terms of maybe this falls into the the school teaching part or maybe just performing in general. Is there a specific location that you've all wanted to perform at that you have not been able to yet or like a city or a state? Well, I think international performing is something that we (laughs) want to do 
Morav, we were we have been to Canada, so we are international superstars. Ooh, <laughs> I was going to say it's right, that's right there, so, okay. right? No, that counts. Right, that um, counts. But we were also supposed to go on a trip to Vietnam this past March, so that was kind of that was kind of a bummer uh-huh. that it got canceled. Oh. Yeah, come on, COVID. Thanks, COVID. But, you know, hopefully it'll be rescheduled, and hopefully we'll get to go travel all over the world. I think we'd all love that. Yeah. Well, we wish you luck with that. I want to touch a little bit on a a specific kind of educational thing that you guys have done. And it's you've partnered with and correct me if I'm wrong in any of this. You've partnered with an organization, Camp Acapella CT, located in Connecticut. Can you tell us more about what what you've been working on with them? Yeah, absolutely. So what's been a bit of a silver lining in this time is that we have been able to connect with students from a bunch of different locations. We have created a program where we send an arrangement of ours to a group of students and we're actually able to teach them the arrangement virtually. So yeah, we'll get on a Zoom call and break into breakout rooms and use the share screen feature Mm -hmm. and bang out those notes, you know, (laughs) through the screen. And so, you know, it's been a cool experiment in just how to do that, how how to like get through to students across the screen. At the very beginning of COVID, my contact at Camp Acapella CT is actually kind of an Andrew connection. She's a cellist and is a teacher as well and had been doing a cello camp for a while and then opened it up and said, I want to do an acapella thing. So I taught at the live camp two years ago and the group performed at the same program two years ago. Last year, we we had a conflict, so we were not involved. And then this year, kind of right when COVID hit, she was like, hey, would you be down to try some remote stuff? And so I actually put together a video series teaching one of our songs in a bunch of different segments. And we did a whole remote program kind of in non live fashion. So we would just kind of send them assignments and then they'd send back recordings. And I ended up putting something together for that. But we found that having a combination of both the sort of live learning and the pre-recorded learning is a really great way okay, to, very to have cool. both of those elements. So we we give the students some material and then we have sessions with them where we teach them an arrangement of ours. And then it culminates in us putting together a video with them. So they'll record themselves and we'll cut together, you know, a music kind of that box mm-hmm. Square, mm-hmm. you know, music video with us involved in, in the video as well. I'm just curious, what's the age range of the students that you guys work with typically? Yeah, so it's typically no younger than, I mean, we've we've had as young as nine or 10 okay. and then high through high school. Okay, So cool. that's so far what it has been, but we're excited about potentially doing this with college groups, doing this with even, I mean, whoever, you know, it's kind of like we, we are marketing this as a separate option as well. Okay. So you could hire the group to just, you know, I mean, I think it'd be cool to get a, you know, a group of friends who just want to learn a song mm-hmm. together and then they have something that they can, you know, hold on to for, for forever. Or maybe you want to give it as a gift. You know, there's a song you want oh, to do cool. and you want us to be a part of it. Maybe you give it as a gift. Right, so right. there's a lot of ways it could go, but right now it's, it's mostly been kind of an extracurricular activity okay. for middle high school. That's yeah. awesome. So I, I'm curious if any of your other endeavors, cause I know that you guys do so much with video releases, but in terms of like maybe performances or gigs or is any of that taking a transition to, to the virtual aspect? Are you guys doing more virtual stuff outside of education or is anything in terms of like maybe your clinics with school is, has any of that gone virtual? So I mean, beyond 
just the school stuff and teaching virtually. Um, some of our corporate events and private clients have chosen to go online. We have in the past been part of the NIDA Walk, which is the National Eating Disorder Association. And yeah, oh, and cool. this past year, you know, instead of actually being able to do a walk for funding, they're doing kind of a virtual kind of pledge for funding. And we were involved twice with their video kickoff to their fundraising portions of the week. That's awesome. Yeah, it's mostly been pre-recorded. We create something and we give it to them. Okay. Because we haven't been all in a room together that often during COVID. We have not yet done like a virtual show. However, that is a plan and, and we're kind of investing in some some new fun gear to, to really make that kind of at a high level. And we know that it's possible. We've all kind of played around with it on our own or, you know, doing our own music. So that is the plan. Our college agents definitely are trying to book us more in that realm because a lot of colleges are, are looking for programming that right, is virtual right. both, okay. both shows and workshops right. yeah that's awesome yeah so it sounds like a lot of what I'm picking up from some of the conversations we've had here is a lot of your skills have become become a lot more developed. You're becoming a lot more self-reliant. And I'm just I'm just curious if you all feel that same way. Do you feel like everything is kind of at that point where it's like mostly in-house? Everyone feel like they could kind of dabble in the audio space, the video space at this point? Does everyone kind of feel like they're almost getting to that? Yeah, I mean, I think that we are able to do everything ourselves. I think sometimes it's nice to put the investment in money wise, just because, you know, it's kind of hard to film and also be in the video. So sometimes, you know, with some projects, we want to bring in outside help. <laughs> We've also hired really excellent mixing engineers because that's an area where none of us are super strong. I've been learning. I worked on the Sing With Backtrack videos, but definitely wouldn't want to tackle a full backtrack music video at this point. So we still hire <laughs> out for that mixing and mastering. But videos were pretty self-sufficient and arranging. We do all of our own arrangements. We create all of our choreography and write all the bits in our shows. So it definitely has been, you know, a really personal development for all of us. I think getting to develop our skills and then also just having a hand in creating the show, creating the music. So it's it's awesome to feel like you have some agency over our baby, our baby backtrack. Well, and I I have to throw this out there. You mentioned, Melissa, that you do all your own arrangements, but you actually uh, composed an original piece yeah, for the group, correct? Yeah, we actually have a few originals. So I've posted oh, okay. a few galleries, okay. done a couple as well. We have okay. more on the way. So definitely original music is an nice. exciting okay. outlet that we've been exploring. All right. Well, to our listeners, make sure you check that out and be on the lookout for it in the future. And with that, I think it is unfortunately time for us to take another commercial break. But don't go anywhere because we will be right back on Tacapella. Acaville is broadening our network. Network. We're introducing a new show and podcast called Vocal Perspective, hosted by myself, Rachel Schoenbaum, and the amazing Amanda Cornaglia. Each week, we speak with a new female or female-identifying member of the acapella community to talk about ideas, themes, and topics that affect us. Tune in at Acaville on Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, or on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Acaville, home of Vocal Perspective. And we're back on Tacapella here with Mallory, Mike, and Melissa from Backtrack. And per tradition, it is time for us to have a little bit of fun and get to know our guests in ways that we haven't 
up to this point in the show. So we are going to do a round of rapid fire questions, 10 questions. And I mean, all three of you, we would love for you to answer. So my question for you three is, are you ready? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, are you ready to go? I am so ready for this. Let's right. do this. I will start us. Where is the best place to eat in New West York City? any of the locations. Check them out. Check them out. Okay. I'm writing these down because eventually I would like to go back to New York. <laughs> okay. When you say Westville, what am I... What Am I going to get like Italian? Am I getting some hot dogs? It is what's, a what's no frills spin on classic Americana. You can go there and get Ooh. some, oh. get yourself a burger, a get yourself a fish plate, get yourself some chili, a rice bowl. They got All everything. right. All right. <laughs> that is one of the best descriptors I've ever heard. For no you. frills no spin frills. on classic Americana. It was the restaurant he worked with. Oh, okay. that's okay, what's cool. going on. So that's the frequent okay. place where you guys... Have performed. Yes, they okay. take good care of us when we're there. We filmed nice. a portion of Sorry Not Sorry yeah. in their premise, so. Nice, very so cool. I'm, I'm going to walk and I'm like, hey, I, I know backtrack, so, you know, hook me up here. All right, question two. What is your most memorable performance? Each of you have to answer. Okay. I mean, the open finals. Uh, sorry if I stole it. That's, <laughs> I mean, we got to perform at Carnegie Hall and that was definitely unforgettable evening. No, there's so many that they all got kind of blurred together and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is one of your they, most memorable? There are memorable, so many. I, I loved the Steve Harvey show. It was so fun to be on say. TV. <laughs> like that, that had to be all fun. Right. I, I can oh, only imagine. I thought of one. Yeah, so I bet. last December, we put on our first <laughs> Christmas show in new york city that was really awesome just okay. because it was a ticketed event where we sold tickets to our friends and fans and i love our christmas set i think it's we have some funny stuff in there and some classic carols as well so that one i i remember it well all right question number three what is your favorite non-acapella activity does petting cats count as an activity does petting cats <laughs> or like just being a general crazy cat okay lady? <laughs> oh alicia loves you now i can one. appreciate yeah. that so yeah. much going to the yeah. beach for sure okay nice i can appreciate that too i'm a big foodie so there we go. just yeah. go, like honestly just going out to eat and nice. trying new restaurants you know oh, that yeah. is a big that hobby. is like the saddest the thing i miss most about pre-covid life going out to eat i know like it at is, a sit-down restaurant been... yes I'm like, takeout yes. is good, but I'm like, when you're in I a know, restaurant, like, I'm like, it just feels different. There's like an ambiance you know? of... Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It's an experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Question four. What's the worst job you've ever had? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've had so many. <laughs> That's a... Brian, kudos to you. That's a fantastic question. I worked in a really, really snooty coffee shop once where like celebrities used to Ooh. come into and oh. I had to wear like what made me look like a newsboy from the 1920s and it was what? so no. sweaty and just not fun. <laughs> I will not oh, name drop this terrible. place. <laughs> I was about to ask for some more details there for a second. Whoa. I had like 12 jobs when I first moved to New York just kind of trying to figure out what my side hustle was going to be and I don't know if it was the worst but it is the funniest i was a brand ambassador for an organically infused sparkling wine company what? where i had to stand at liquor stores or i would go to i had a couple like expos where mm -hmm. i had to you know try to sell this this wine it was called magnifico giornata and if i sold any i would get a commission but it was a lot of like opening these bottles oh. and just like really sad liquor stores yeah it was bad oh my goodness i feel you on that i feel it i can feel the energy yeah i feel like i'm pretty lucky <laughs> yes. that i've enjoyed most of my jobs i guess one that mallory store kind of reminded me just doing the random the random jobs to stay afloat when i did quit my full-time day job in insurance i picked up some catering shifts 
And that lasted for like a few months. And then I was like, I don't know about all this. I don't know about all this. <laughs> Not for you. So luckily, you know, Backtrack picked up and I didn't have to do too many of those. But yeah, yeah. I, I prefer to sing or like be invited to an event than necessarily cater it. Right, but. right. <laughs> then, then serve yeah, the food yeah. in really ugly <laughs> My bow tie looks awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Question number five. What is your biggest musical pet peeve? That's a good one. I have not thought about that. <laughs> I haven't actually thought about this either, but I know exactly what my answer is. I'm sure it's right there in the back of everyone's head. You just probably have to think of it for like two seconds. One thing of mine maybe is when people change their accents when they sing. And I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like, are we? That's just like not how words are pronounced. (laughs) But I'm like, should I say it? No, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually kind of where I was headed. Like sort of we we make fun of hip singing. Like when people are like, and I. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yes. You know, it's like a lot of like vocal fry. And like also like I'm going to like add three vowels to like I'm going to go. You know, it's like a lot of like Oh, man, that's so good. Mm -hmm. So I would I would jump on that and say hip singing just as in in general. I probably have more, but we're all I'm saying the same thing. Cats. I was gonna call it whisper singing, which is just like <laughs> this is a song. Is that awesome? It's like I'm sorry. What? What? Oh my god! I can't gosh. hear you, girl. What? I can't hear you. This really is so great. <laughs> this is a song about autumn. <laughs> okay, I we've never done this, Perfect. but Brian, I want to know what yours is cuz I'm sure I'm sure you've thought about this. I don't know if it's li- I, I probably have difference between live and like video performances, but for some reason I hate when you're watching a video and you got that one person conducting with their hands and like in the front of the video. <laughs> I see that way too much yeah. in video. I'm pretty That's... sure you've done that in a live performance. What? Have I? No, no, no. Not like the whole time. No. Not the whole time. I'm talking yeah, about the whole time. I will watch videos and there's of... a person doing it the whole time in the video. I'm th- okay, yes. so Brian and I I've used to that. sing in a group together and I'm thinking of the everywhere. Like oh. where it's really slow at the beginning and then the tempo just changes. Like you mm-hmm. like did the whole conducting thing it. for a second. You were like this and then and then you stopped. I got no problem with it going, but like if you're like you're like a minute in and you're still doing all this. Oh, and it stuff. wasn't it wasn't like this. It was just like a like you're like giving us the beat with your hand. I have one more I have one yes. more, which sure. is that yes. when when audience members clap on one and oh. three. Oh stop it. Stop it. Oh, or or clap on one and three and then and then it's just whatever the yeah. hell. <laughs> <laughs> but we love yes. it. We're like, it's we're really like, great. Just like, stop it. Just thank stop God it. For yeah. Just enjoy monitors. the song. It's just yeah. Just if you can't clap on two and four, then just like Don't. just put those hands just down. Don't. I'm gonna just need you to nod your head from here on. But out. at least That's they're it. enjoying your performance, ideally. True, true. It is out of positivity, yeah, but yeah. it's, it's it can so be good. If JoJo were here, he would also say that. We, he <laughs> likes to have a good laugh about that. Awesome. Too much vibrato. That's, that's a good a, one. Like, that's a big yeah. one. Because I, I like appreciate it if it's like operatic singing, but most acapella songs, not, not, not really. Opera. Yeah. But that's all. And name one artist you'd like to collaborate with. Well, we did a cover of John Bellion's song, Obsession. So, you know, if anyone, if anyone knows him out there, we're ready with an arrangement. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I think like ultimate, ultimate. I mean, I'm a huge Sarah Bareilles fan. Oh, so, so good. If, if that ever were to happen, I would probably. You could die happy. All over. I would. Yeah, yeah I would die yeah, happy. She go. also has an acapella background. So. Right. True. Right. I knew yeah. that. I knew that. That's very cool. 
Yeah. I mean, my like joke, but also this is the real answer is Beyonce. Yeah, <laughs> of course, you know, naturally. Will it happen? I we don't got know. Our own speed dial. <laughs> Wouldn't want to sing with Beyonce, right? Homecoming Part Two, and just use like an acapella group. So yeah, exactly. You could you could? We can make that marching band, <laughs> right? All right. Question number seven, and I think oh. I know Melissa's answer: cats or dogs? Yep, cats. I mean, I love dogs, <laughs> but. Cat. Yeah, I'm a strong vote for dogs. Sorry, Melissa. I'll say both. I voted twice in this election. Both. Oh, okay. We go. haven't had That's anyone say that. Yeah. Okay. But I, I love, I think it might be the funk medley. You guys have like all these cats dancing around. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of pets. It's everyone's pets making okay. appearance, right? Well, I, I'm the only one. J- Jojo had fish. Jamming with fish. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's awesome. I I have three cats, so I empathize with having animals. They're not allowed in the basement though, because this is our cat-free zone. Because my sister-in-law is allergic, and so is my mother-in-law, and so it's like, oh, okay, well, you can come down to the basement and and not have any <laughs> happiness. But yeah, but my my cats, I'm just really grateful that they're not having their crazy time where they run around during this episode because that happens. Yeah, I think sometimes. my cats got out of their, their chill for now, but it'll come back like the witching hour will. Nice, oh, nice, nice. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like 3 a.m. Yeah. All right. Question eight. Texting or talking? Talking on the phone. I like it. I mean, I think we all are like the better answer <laughs> is talking, but we all do text a I lot. Say, but what is the honest answer here? No, I mean, definitely talking. I don't I don't talk a lot on the phone, but I I prefer it when I yeah. actually want to have a conversation. I think somebody, it depends yes. on who you're talking to, though. Yes. True. Like I was having a conversation with my father last night about politics and I was like, when will this ever end? I do a lot of FaceTime. He's also not a texter. That, you know, so, Oh, yeah, you could. You could FaceTime. Yeah. All right. What is one of your favorite phrases or quote? The difference between try and triumph is a little oomph. Oh, oh no one knows awesome. the author, nice. so maybe I'll just take credit for it. <laughs> Someone, you heard it here first. Yeah, Some yeah. Melissa yeah. original right there. All right, that is the first time I've ever heard that. That's very cool. Oh my god, am I allowed to say, "Will you shut up, man"? Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that quickly jumped that my list this yeah. week. I appreciate that. Yep. That is good. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of content from the last few weeks. Gosh, I feel like I should have more in my back pocket. Well, and we are I mean, this is kind of cliche. Yeah, this is kind of cliche, but everything happens for a reason. I I do believe that. That's true. That's a simple one. It's a solid one. I like that. Thank you. All right. Final question. Here we go. If you had to be on a reality TV show, non-music related, what would it be? There's just so many shows, like since COVID as well. I'm like, well, and there's so many, so many music. There are, but there's music related. There's only like a handful of actual like good ones in my opinion. I'll say the circle. That I don't know if anyone saw that. That was a Netflix about social media, and you had oh, to like either be list. yourself that's or catfish. That's a good one. So I thought that was an interesting experiment in wow. social media. So maybe, yeah, maybe I could succeed. Yeah, <laughs> a, there it is. Yeah. I already know I would not look good in drag, but I would love to do RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. What's your drag yes. name, Mike? Oh, <laughs> That'd be fun. Sure. Oh, great question. <laughs> oh my gosh, we have so many, think, don't yeah, we? Yeah. What's we have a we, running we have list so many in backtrack. We like to joke about good ones that we oh find. Gosh. Gale what? Force wins. I think is a really good one. Oh, oh. we love Gale. <laughs> we love we love Gale. Force. I can I see do that. Like that one. I can see that. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go sort of. 
I guess this counts as a reality show. Like, I love HGTV. Mm-hmm. So any sort of like, come redo my house, renovate my house, please. <laughs> Very practical, it. yes. Yeah, little l- little Chip and Joanna action, yes. little love it or listed or something. Yeah, right. I yes. love it. Well, that concludes our rapid fire round of questions. Man, what wonderful answers all of yes. that was. That was great. I like it. And on that note, we are going to switch into our <laughs> final segment here on Talk Apollo. We always like to ask our guests if they can leave our listeners with some advice, something that they can walk away with. So. I pose the same question to each of you. If you could offer our listeners some advice, what would you say? I mean, so this is mostly an audience of of at least acapella appreciators, right? Or, or mu- music fans. I mean, we were actually just having a conversation about this. I think, especially during quarantine and and knowing what all can be made just from your bedroom, whether it's, you know, an original song, a video recording, you know, just, you know, don't. Don't make anything you put out there too precious. I think that we we love to experiment a lot and collaborate a lot. And I think we are at our best when there's a lot of different voices, no pun intended, you know, <laughs> in the room. So I, I think that collaboration is is always worthwhile and just trusting your abilities and, and not not overthinking because, you know, I think it's more important that if you have an idea or you have something you want to say to just put it out there and not worry about you know, how many likes it gets or what, you know, just do something that you want to do because you're proud of it and just let it, you know, let it evolve. So I like that. So going along with not, you know, being afraid to put things out there, there's a version 1.0 of everything. So get there as fast as you can and then move on to 2.0, 3.0. But I think just getting the initial jump of like, either I'm going to release this song or I'm going to write this song. I think just taking the first step can be difficult sometimes because I mean, I'm a perfectionist, but I've had to learn that, you know, I'm only going to get better if I keep if I keep going and not getting discouraged if I'm not perfect right now. So I should quit. Yeah, it's definitely being patient with yourself and knowing that it's a process and that, you know, you got to share, share what's out there. So you should put out your content as soon as you can. Wonderful. Wonderful. I like it. All right. I would say, I mean, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I think for all the groups out there, new groups, you know, semi-pro, pro, use your resources and be yes people, especially during this time. You know, if you have a member who wants to learn something, maybe it's a financial investment, maybe it's a time investment, just say yes if you can because that's kind of the way you get things done you got to have like minds in your little ecosystem and always keep it thriving hone your skills great advice awesome thank you guys so much for all that wonderful and inspirational advice if our listeners wanted to learn more about backtrack see any of the upcoming news any tracks any projects you guys got going on where could they go yeah, so everything is Backtrack Vocals. So B-A-C-K-T-R-A-C-K Vocals, BacktrackVocals.com, YouTube.com slash Backtrack Vocals, Instagram. We're mostly posting on Instagram. And, you know, whenever we post on Instagram, it also goes to Facebook. And those are our, our main platforms. You can actually buy our music directly on our website. Mm-hmm. You can download some MP3s if you're still into that, oh, into yeah. the library. Or, you know, we're on all streaming platforms as well. I am definitely an MP3 type person, so I will be yes. doing that for sure. I'm awesome. I'm the streamer. I Spotify Premium. <laughs> yeah, I, I am too, girl. Yeah. I, I get it. Awesome. Be sure to check that out, listeners. Uh, please go follow Backtrack on all their platforms. Alicia, if our listeners wanted to learn more about you, where could they go? 
You can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is Alicia Edwards 19. That's E-L-I-C-I-A Edwards 19. You can also find me on Instagram at E.Squared1989. How about you, Brian? As always, find me on Twitter at the Brian Alex Brian with an I. And please go follow all the work I do at College Acapella. On that note, that's going to wrap up today's show. We want to thank our wonderful guests from Backtrack for joining us today. You all are amazing. Thank you so much. Yes. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. It was lots of fun. Oh, of course. Anytime. On that note, please go give Talkapella a follow. We are on Twitter at Talkapella, two P's, two L's. And we have a website, of course, talkapella.org. You can hear previous episodes or find out the latest news about upcoming episodes. And as always, go give Acaville Radio a follow. They are the reason we have this wonderful platform to stream from. And that's going to wrap up today's show for